Magic. 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 Good afternoon. You're listening to Edge Radio 99.3 FM or online at edgeradio.org.au. And welcome to the third instalment of the NAF TMFC radio show. Uh, that stands for Networked Art Forms and Tactical Magic Fairy Circuits and is a month-long event which is at Cast Gallery, um, among other places, uh, all this month. This radio show will be showcasing some of the talks um, that have gone on as part of this event, um, some sound art from local and international artists, and, uh, well, just who knows what else, some tunes on the theme of magic and computers um who knows where we'll end up on today's show we have a short interview with uh, pip stafford a tasmanian artist uh then we have a lot of um soundscapes stuff after that a recording of a live performance lecture by uh, rosa amenkman an artist from the netherlands and finally after some more sound well finally for this first hour um a lecture by another artist from the netherlands uh, josephine bosma uh, so first up here's uh, an interview with pip stafford i'd just like to thank rachel edwards from island magazine for providing us with uh, this interview here we go hello pip hi so here we are outside cast you're producing uh, what seems to me a quite delicious and exciting series of shows. What are you producing? Um, it doesn't have one name. It's um, um, it's it's an exhibition. Uh, it's a series of workshops. It's a, um, a festival. It's a carnival. It's uh, talks. It's a symposia. Um, there's performances. Um, have I already said that? No. <laughs> okay, so what is the banner that it's, all of these are um, hanging under? So it's uh, Networked Art Forms and Tactical Magic Fairy Circuits. Um, so basically we've developed um, a program of events um, which responds to computer culture. Um, but more than that, it tries to um, look at the way in which we... Um, uh, relate to and use networks um, and dissect that and provide people with a, a way of looking at that that's different from um, the way in which uh, large corporations would like us to um, look at networks, so the internet and data flow and all that sort of stuff. So it's about cracking that open and empowering people to look at it in a different way or use it in a different way. Um, and we're coming at it from a quite a, a feminist standpoint. Um, we're looking at ways in which um, we can uh, see these um, modes of using technology um, you know, as a craft and, um, and sort of stripping it back. Um, yeah, now I've lost my train. Well, I mean, <laughs> is subverting too simple a way to explain it? Subverting um, dominant paradigm? Yeah, subversion, subversion is definitely part of it. Um, subverting what, the way in which we normally think of using um, networks or um, I think that people generally have a pretty surface understanding 
understanding of technology um, and we're aiming to give people um, a bit more of an of a in-depth knowledge but in a way that's not uh, intimidating because it doesn't need to be intimidating and it's often presented as a, as a bit of a black magic so we're saying well it is magic it is magical but it's magic with a K so it's more about um, looking at it as a, as a craft and as a ritual and as a, a, a series of processes that are really accessible to anyone. And I think as well sometimes when, um, you know, knowledge being power, et cetera, et cetera, apparently, that when you don't have the knowledge about the back end workings, it seems completely imperious and unattainable. And I can sense that there's something going on with this work. Yeah, I think that people are generally quite nervous about technology and nervous about even the technology that they use every day. You know, their smartphones or their computers and they are too scared to do anything with it in case they break it. And that's understandable because, you know, you're dealing with stuff that's quite expensive, it's licensed, you're using um, quite expensive licensed software um, and operating systems that give you a nice user experience, or they try to, um, but don't necessarily show you the inner working. So what we're saying is that you don't need to be scared of it. You can use the, the inner workings. You can use the terminal. You can make your own networks. You can crack things apart and open them up. And, and that's OK. Um, and you don't need to be scared of it. Cool. So let's go and look at some of the art. Sorry, I, I do, I'll, I'll do that myself. I'm just playing. That's all right. Yeah, no, I'm very sorry. That's all right. So, this performance, what form is this going to take? Um, I think she'll have a video, uh, pretty much the same setup. Now I'm going to get her, that was the girl with the bright red hair, and oh, I'm yes. going to get her, because I said to her before, like, what we're going to need. And she was like, oh, you know, just the presenter's computer and Mac will find me fine. So, okay. That, that's it, and I guess you come. Oh, and now I can talk Magic. 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 love the art world. It's just like the real world, but it fucks you around more.
We're just checking the sound and setting up for Rose's presentation in about 10 minutes, okay? Five minutes and counting. Not that the people that are in the room from here.
start with a performative element, which is this um, thing that I developed um, that you just saw, and it's also here, and then I'll kind of talk about why I made it this way. So first I want to thank you all for being here, and I want to thank Gus, and I want to thank the whole crew of Technical Magic, because I've already had a lot of fun experiencing this whole jet lag uh, event. Right? Yeah, because I come from the Netherlands. Um, my name is Rosa. I uh, live in Amsterdam. Flew over yesterday and arrived here, I think. It's like hard to get grasp the dates. Anyway. Um, and so, um, yeah. So I'm doing, uh, this is uh, a work. Um, I just, this is a work that has actually been now uh, in work in progress, I would say, for eight months. So this is the first time that I released it. Um, now it looks very different, as you just saw when I performed it. Um, I don't know, it's really hard to talk, and everybody has been drinking, and we're having like a really different vibe than like, you would give a real talk, so I think I just like... Um, one thing that I do is, I'm not just a performer. Uh, actually, I, um, I'm a theorist, I come from theory background, so uh, I write about glitch. A glitch is technologically just a break in the flow of the system, something you don't expect. But then, as an artist practice, I think we really deviate from that, and we use that in a more metaphorical way. So it's really about your flow of expectations, it's where the magic happens, no? So, uh, for me, glitch art is really about using uh, conventions and expectations in a way to kind of um, bring your own ways of expectations to, or the audience's expectations to the surface. So am I supposed to perform a video game? Or was it a video game? Or was it, you know, am I VJing right here? Those questions kind of like get triggered by doing something stupid uh, with a controller just now. Um, you can read about that. Uh, I wrote a little, um, they call it a notebook. I brought some, they're there, they're free. I know it's great. Uh, actually, you don't have to thank me. You have to thank the Institute of Network Cultures and Kirk Loving. They um, they helped me publish it, and it's all free. Um, so if you ever want to read about that, that's cool. Um, yeah. So this is performance. This is stuff that I do. Sometimes I try to talk about what I do. Sometimes kind of like if that side a little bit. Um, what I do want to tell you about is um, something I organize. Which is called GLI.tc slash H, Glitch Festival. Started in Chicago when I was uh, teaching in the School of the Arts there, um, Art Institute of Chicago. Um, what we do is uh, annually we get people together and um, 
we share each other, not just glitches, but ways to kind of use um, technologies on their liminalities. So what is inside and what is outside the technological flow? How are you supposed to use it? How can we misuse it? Where can we push it? And um, then we go and all sit together and yeah, we um, try to teach each other what is not done. So really kind of what Florian was talking about earlier, really um, the magical, well it depends on which uh, magical way of spelling you say, but okay. Um, I had so many notes. I really like that we're all together and we're kind of building on each other in these talks. But then, um, yeah, okay, yes. Um, so for me, what is uh, glitch and uh, glitch studies? It's really just a, a studies of change. It's when you start to see a technology that you always saw one way, and suddenly you kind of like get to know a technology and you get to understand that it can be something completely else. You know, there's so many technologies such as text edit that you can like write in. The text edit is so much more. And um, what I've really learned in the last few years, I think, is that everything on your computer, you don't need to like build a very, because um, we, we were in a, a, a workshop this morning with um, Vice and Steven, which is uh, Daniel Vizkiev and Julian Oliver, who were here just before. What we were learning is, um, Kind of that um, everything in this black box is very standardized and very conventional. And it all is kind of using it in one way. And they taught us a little bit about how to use Linux and really go into like prompting stuff, writing this text. But I think um, to me, you know, this is black box, right? But there's always ways to break it again and to get out of that black box. And so what I do is actually go not from the Linux way, but really go inside of my system and try and see where I can kind of like take the protocols and kind of diffuse them and see where I can still make it function, just not the functional way, the normal way. So uh, I try to change any software and any hardware. Also don't make a difference between hardware and um, software or analog and digital and all those things. Kind of like just diffuse those lines and try and make something new and see where it changes. Um, for me, a lot of that has to do with language. I think it's um, not just digital literacy, but it's uh, about language as a protocol and what kind of protocol you put on your data. Because everything in your computer is basically, it's, in the end it comes down to maybe you can call it zeros and ones, I don't know, call it all kinds of things, but in the end it's kind of the protocol that you put on top of it, and then you reinterpret it, and then it can become anything. So there's a, there's a really, um, a big power, actually, to know what protocols you're using, what kind of pro programs maybe you're using, and uh, how that inter interprets or translates the data that you're opening up, for instance, or writing. What I'm saying, basically, very simple, is that any kind of zero and one sequence can become anything if you open it the right way or the wrong way. You know, and and. Right and wrong is just a convention, kind of, of your own. So, everything in the computer, even if you're inside of your own system, is still very malleable. You can still make really a lot with anything. Um, this image is the Tower of Babel. It's where people just didn't know each other's language, so they started fighting. Um, another really favorite image of mine is um, George Louis Borges, uh, Library of Babel. 
there's so many overlaps. I really, I mean, um, Fleury was also talking about another um, uh, text that Borges has written before. This is actually my favorite, and I always recommend you to read it. The story is that um, in the Library of Babel, you have all the books that could ever be written, um, that have um, 214, say, 214 pages uh, of all character sets, so sequenced in any kind of way. So you can imagine that if you have 214 pages in all character sets, there is a lot of books in this library that, that are nothing like unreadable. There's always a couple of books that will have exactly what you're looking for. And there's one book that has everything that everybody's ever looking for. You know, can you imagine this, this library that has all these books? And there's, what are you gonna do if you visit the library of Babel that has all the books that can be ever written? And that's actually what um, he's talking about. There's a couple of people that are visiting this library. Some of them, they get really angry because there's so much crap. There's so much wrongly written data. And, there's, and, and they know that there's a couple of really well-written books that, that has the information that they want. So there's people that are really getting angry and there's people that are really happy there. But the people that are getting really angry, they're starting to burn the books. Because they just want to have the best book ever. And until they find the best book ever, they'll just keep burning stuff. So uh, this book is like, kind of like what we're doing in this black box. We're kind of like burning all the data sequences that don't make any sense until like we only keep the right protocols here, the right ways of hand, the, the conventional ways of reading this data. Way too complex. There were a couple of programs that picked up on it, and they started building softwares to really start to make compression um, art in live settings. So VJs that could start to recompress their videos live and then start matching it. And from that, we also built Google which is kind of just an automated glitch software, let's say, this one. I can show you a quick demo. It's funny because I made the interface, I'm not an interface designer, so it's really crap interface. But, so, sometimes it doesn't work. For instance, this is a BMP, and BMP is just a bitmap image, so it organizes every <coughs> pixel linearly. And so if you put a little glitch in every value with the same glitch, you'll see that it will glitch out in a very specific way to the uh, file format. So this is kind of how like, it becomes technological trickery, right? It's not that magical thing that we were talking about, uh, kind of magic as a trick or magic as a lifestyle. So, let's see. As a lifestyle, let's say it's believe that any kind of data that you have in your computer can be anything if you push it the right way, which is what I was really kind of hinting at. Um, just show you maybe yeah, one, one, one little trick, and I don't want to keep it too long because everybody just wants to drink. Um, this is today. This is us in a, a workshop by Daniel Julian. This is a file, it's a JPEG image as you can see, but now if you just open it up in like a text editor, here you can see all the data. So, this is a JPEG, and a JPEG has many, many, many steps, seven-step impression. 
the BMP, as I said, is much easier. So what I could do now, for instance, is just save this file as a BMP. I'm gonna do this real quick there. I'm gonna go in Spiderweb. No, copy again, the text said. Oh, <laughs> work to the teaching. You can see it looks very different from what we just opened as a JPEG. But the nice thing about this is that because the JPEG is so linear, so linearly organized, you see it's a lot of data. I can just take some stuff and push it, I don't know, wherever I want to push it. Many times. Thank you. 